Welcome to another episode of Chic Compass Connection. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the window of the popular Chic Compass magazine, where we feature art, music, design, fashion, dining, and all things chic for the culture-starved audiences of the world. To view our magazine online, visit chiccompass.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com. We would also like to thank the Vegas Room in the Historic Commercial Center in Las Vegas, Nevada for inviting us to their supper club to broadcast our show. I'm your host, Jamie Hosmer. Let's introduce today's guest. Nikki Sands, an American artist, describes her paintings as being an expression of her life, her thoughts, and how the world affects her on a daily basis. Her figurative compositions often depict families, socialization, and the bringing of people together. Sands creates in a style that fuses both cubism and surrealism, which is sometimes translated as childlike and whimsical, yet also pensive and introspective. Her paintings can be found in modern galleries, as well as many charitable events. Nikki has donated her time, energy, and innumerable works of art to charitable causes, including St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Innovations Charter School, and other worthwhile causes. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So the first thing I want to talk about is your what you call your artistic statement. And that reads, my art is bound together by my personality and soul. My creative process is immersed in a dual identity creating thought-provoking work while maintaining a free and intuitive spirit. Hmm. Tell me about that statement. Oh, boy. Well, um, I believe when I paint, um, it's very intuitive. And I usually sit down. I don't have um, a real sense of where I'm going in the beginning. But... Uh, as I sit down, I listen to music. Music's a big influence in my art, I th- in my way I paint, I think. And it just uh, kind of brings out the best in me, you know, as far as my creativity. That's great. So, okay, since you went there with, let's talk about your process a little bit. So you use music a little bit to sort of summon the muses, so to speak? Uh, yeah. Music, yes, definitely, definitely. And is your process one that, do you sit down to to work on something every day? Do you have a, do you have a schedule? I, I do have a schedule. Um, I, I do try to paint every day. I mean, sometimes you just can't. There's other things that get in the way. But uh, for the most part, I paint uh, usually in the evening. I like to paint more in the evening. I'm not really a morning painter but I will if I have to. And But it, evenings are just really nice. I'm relaxed. Um, I'm not a big TV person, so, you know, there's really nothing I'm going to miss on TV. I uh, put on some music, pour a glass of wine. Always, always nice to have a nice little glass of wine <laughs> and relax and just let the creativity come out onto the canvas. Nice. You just kind of let it flow. I let it flow. Go yes. where it's going to be. Yes. So you don't start with a necessarily a preconceived. Uh, only no, not not really. The only time something like that occurs is if it's a commission piece that you know a a client wants a certain painting. Then 
I need to really focus on what this person wants, really get into that uh, client's kind of her his or her mind and what she's thinking and what what she's going for in a painting. And I got to I kind of um, draw that out from a client by asking them key questions, uh, things that make them happy. Um, usually my paintings are uh, regarding family and togetherness and sharing and being happy. And I like to ask my clients, you know, what makes you happy? What's important in your life? What's important in your marriage? What's important in your relationship with your friends? Things like that. And I just jot all these things down, and I basically go by from my notes. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I want to go. I want to go back in time a little bit because it's always intriguing to me about how someone in the creative arts gets their start. You know, was there a point in your childhood when you, when you a realized that you had a talent and uh, that you really I could, I could draw, I can paint. Um, and was there a point when you realized this is what I want to do for a living? Uh, when I was a child, um, I was always drawing, sitting across the table from my dad, my mom, my sisters, and sketching them and drawing. And Was anybody else in your family artists? Uh, not, well, I, I have some cousins that are artists, not, not professional painters or drawers, but um, they, are, they do wonderful work. And I have a few music, musicians in my family as well. Okay. So, and uh, I played French horn. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> I did. That's, that's <laughs> a anymore. tough. That's a yeah, tough instrument. I, I, I played it in high school, but you know, I think that too helps you along as you know, it gets you in touch with all that creativity and uh, rhythm. You know? I agree. I agree. So. I think that you know, you mentioned music earlier. I feel like uh, anything that we can do that's creative. Whether it's, you know, for money or not or for a living or not, mm -hmm. I, I think it opens us up to, to, to good things coming into our lives. It, 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 I don't know how to describe that. But it's like, going, like being a world traveler. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the more you travel, the more you, you're open to things that you've never would dream of, you know, that you would never uh, be aware of unless you traveled. So I think that's kind of like the travel of creativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So, okay, so you, you're you always drawing as a kid. Drawing, yeah. I think my first uh, encounter with my parents, uh, I carved out a whole scene on their coffee table, and I think I was probably three I don't remember. My mom told me, though. <laughs> to just Literally carved, carved it. it with a bobby pin. Carved it like I had the house and those stick people and, and a tree, she said. And they the brand new tables. They were like a walnut mid-century. And uh, so I carved a whole thing and I got, well, I mean, I was only three. So I don't, I doubt if they got mad, but <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they were mad, but they weren't. They must have been a bit impressed, though, as well. I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think my dad was really upset because wow. <laughs> it was the first time they had bought new furniture. 
Anybody get a picture of that? No. This is many, many years ago. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, And uh, then the second time I... um, I like painting, um, not not nude where it's, you know, offensive. It's just you know like fun nude stuff. Sure. And I, I, uh, I drew in chalk on a neighbor's porch of a of a nude woman, <laughs> and I was all proud of it. And I I think I was maybe six. Wow, you just went over to your neighbors. Yeah, and well, there was the little girls were there playing. Okay. And I drew it and they they came out and I got in big trouble for that. Oh, wow. So that that was that was the beginning of my career? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh no, I just I always was I always did really well in art. Uh art and music, I was those were my two favorite subjects in school. I wasn't very good at math and mm-hmm. all that, but um so was, did you go to art school? I did. I am not professionally trained, or or uh, didn't uh, pursue it in school at all. Um, I'm completely self-taught. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, how do you go from you know obviously being gifted and being able to draw and sketch and carve <laughs> um, to saying, I'm going to forge a career in this, you know? Um, well, it, it happened pretty late in my life. Okay. Um, I, uh, I worked, I lived, I'm from Detroit originally, and I've been in Las Vegas now for 25 years. And this is my home and my family's here, mm-hmm. my daughter's here and my grandchildren are here. So this is home for me. I mean, even though Detroit has a piece of my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll be going back. <laughs> I think 25 years, Got this is it. And uh, I, I moved from there, um, you know, after my parents had both passed away, and there was really nothing keeping me there. So I had, I was able to come here only because I was bringing uh, junkets gambling junkets from Detroit to Las Vegas. Oh, wow. This is back in the 80s. Wow. And um, there used to be L-1011s, and I would sell show tickets on all the planes. And there was like 300 and some people on a plane. They were charter planes. Wow. So I that's how I became familiar with Las Vegas. You were selling? I was selling show tickets. Like, uh, oh, gosh. Follies, the Follies, the um, what's the one that was my favorite? Where Kevin uh, Kerr, what's his name? I can't mm. think of his name. He dressed up as a woman. Um, Kenny Kerr. I'm sorry, Kenny Kerr. Okay. Um, he, it was called Boylesque. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Boylesque. Okay. It was uh, that was at the Silver Slipper, which doesn't exist anymore. Wow. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> so it's it's all those places are gone now. It's so bizarre when you think about it how quickly they they it were once ch- there and then they're gone. It changes so fast. Yeah. I, I've and, been here since 2000, and it seems like it's a different oh, city. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and that's 21 years now. So so at you. the time you were doing that, were were you painting? No, I didn't paint until. Uh, I was like 39. Wow. 
and I um, I kind of came here. I, I had friends here, so I stayed here for a little bit, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Okay. And, uh, I kind of was taking a sabbatical, I guess you'd want to call it. Yeah. I don't know what you would call it. I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And um, I just started painting for myself is how it started. And uh, my sister came to visit me, and I had a little painting that I did just, you know, like on an 8 by 10 piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, I originally had thrown it in the garbage. Took it out of the garbage the next day, looked at it, and said, oh, you know what, this isn't so bad. Framed it, and I had it hanging in my house, and my sister came over, and she goes, oh, my God, I, I love this painting. She goes, where'd you get that? I says, I painted it. She goes, oh, this, this is fantastic, and she's going crazy about this painting. I thought, oh, whatever, and we went to uh, Sahara West Library, okay. where at that time, they still have gallery space, but... Back then, it was an actual museum. You know, they would really? bring in. Oh yeah, they would bring in um, artworks of Dolly, uh, in, like an exhibit, like a traveling art show. They had Cholula, Cholula, not Cholula. That's a that's a spice stuff. <laughs> Chahuli, Chahuli, <laughs> Chahuli, oh, Cholula. <laughs> uh, you talking about the glass? Yeah. They had, Dale Ch- Chaluli yeah, or yeah Ch- Chaluli. Yeah, I get Chil- his name wrong. Chaluli, isn't it? I know it? you're talking about. I think that's right. And uh, they had his work was there, and um, so you know there was quite a bit of uh, art there that I and I would go there. I lived near there, so I was always visiting, and you know. Yep. And they had we went there, and there was all these people carrying artwork, and she, my sister says, "What are you? Where are you going? What? What is it? Oh, that's beautiful!" And she's talking to all the people, and the, well, they're having a juried art event, and. Um, uh, they're just letting you know people bring in their artwork, and if they decide they're going to keep it, they'll let it hang for sale inside this gallery. Okay. My sister runs back home, grabs that piece, and and uh, enters it into the juried exhibit. And it was one of the chosen ones, so I wow. was able to hang. So that kind of boosted. That was like the very beginning. It was like that, the start of your career, that, kind of, right? <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, Sort of, kind of, yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything. Uh, and then my sis- my daughter was working at um, MGM. She was uh, going through college, and she was working at uh, one of the restaurants there. Okay. I can't remember which one. And uh, her her boss wanted me to paint a Viking, <laughs> of all things. And For the restaurant? For himself, for, for himself, because she had <laughs> she had showed him some of my work for some reason, and uh, he says, "Well, I'm going to pay her." And I told her, "I says I don't want any money. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to take any money from him because I really wasn't sure of myself at all." Got it. And back then, they could write out comps. Oh right. So he must have gave me. I, I think I ate for a solid year at all the restaurants at the MGM. Wow. For painting that. And then I thought, you know, maybe there's something to this. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started um, having a little more confidence, and because it, you know, it's all how you feel about yourself before how anyone else can feel about your mm. yourself and your work. So you, if you have, you have to have true faith in yourself and true faith in your work and confidence to put your your truth into the work. Right? Exactly. So 
once I started doing that, that's when things started falling into place. And, um, you know, I, I just feel blessed that I can do it. So what was the next, I would say, you know, big thing? I know you've had, you know, you've had your works in galleries. Um, do you remember sort of the first time that someone said, we're going to display your, your works in a gallery? How does that, how does that process happen? Um, well, you know, lucky nowadays we have the internet, so your work is, can be viewed by virtually unlimited right. amount of people. Um, and there was a, and my work is, has more of a, a Mediterranean kind of Latin flair to it. Okay. And the colors as well. I, I would say more of a Latin flair. And um, a gallery in California that was probably, they, they just closed, I think, because of COVID and oh. everything else, um, were uh, always bringing in Latin. They were, La- they were two Latin men okay. that owned the gallery. And they were always bringing in all pretty much Hispanic or Latin art artists. Okay. So I was their only non-Latin artist. I'm wow. Greek. They thought okay. I was, they, yeah, they thought I was for sure, you know, La- Latina, and I wasn't. When so they saw your work. When they saw my work. And I said, well, how's that going to work? He was, oh, that's you're, you, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And my husband is Mexican. They said, well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that counts, then. That counts. <laughs> Close enough. So, um, so uh, I that was the first time I hung in a gallery. Uh, and where was this again? This was in California. In California. Yeah, and um, actually, Cheech Marin uh, would visit there quite often too. Wow. So that was nice. And then you know now he has he's opening up a big Chicano uh, gal- uh, museum, not gallery museum. Okay. And. East L.A., I think, or L.A., somewhere in L.A. Did he buy one of your paintings? No, he didn't buy one okay. of my paintings. So, no, you have, that, that, you have to be basically Chicano. You have to okay. be that Mexican-American uh, But how exciting artist. was that for you at that moment? That was, that was very exciting for me, and I sold uh, a lot of work there, which really made me happy. Um, and... Uh, yeah, just you know, to be to be in galleries is really a good thing because I like I like it when I can just sit down and paint. Don't have to worry about the other part, you know. Just yeah, let, I can just let the work paint it and let someone else handle the business end of it. So I'm always curious about you know we talked a little bit about your process when you sit down mm-hmm. and start to paint something, but what does your space look like? You have I imagine you have a dedicated space at at home or somewhere where you have all of your brushes and and paints and all of that. Um, You know, when you finish for the day, Mm -hmm. does everything get left where it is, depending on where you are in the work? Or, like, does everything get cleaned up and then you start fresh the next day? How does it work? Uh, Well, when you start a painting, it's usually, well, I'm just... I'm the most unorganized person on earth. And I tell you, if I do organize everything, the next day I go in, I just, I'm just like, I can't do anything. It's just, 
it needs to be all over the place. Got it. You know, so um, usually, yeah, if I start a painting, everything pretty much stays there. I have like, you know, my I'm, I'm more of an oil painter, so mm-hmm. oils, uh, you don't have to worry about them drying up as quickly as okay. acrylics. I mean, okay. I do both, but I'm more of an oil painter. And I just, I have plastic and I cover up the oil and I'd only... Really, the only uh, important thing to do is make sure your brushes are clean afterwards. So, you know, that's probably the only cleaning process that I'm doing during a painting. That's the thing you have to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, My studio is in my house. Um, It's uh, small. It's very small. And then when I do larger work, I have a space that I'm able to go to, which is very close by my house, and work as well, um, where I do larger pieces. Awesome. Uh, And then I have a little cabin in Duck Creek, and I have an outdoor studio there that I— Oh, that's got to be inspiring. That's very nice, yeah. Very, very nice. Nice. So I—as long as the dust isn't blowing, (laughs) it gets dusty up there. Oh, man. Yeah, but I have like a little um, pop-up tent that I have, and I— I can close it in. So I, right. I do a lot of work there as well. And that's that's really nice to do. That's that very there. cool. Because I yeah. imagine if dust sticks to your painting, that's a it's problem. It's not a good thing. Not no. a good thing, right? No. Um, do you have a particular work, a particular painting, or a particular event that stands out as as either something you were most proud of or just something that, that stands out in your mind like, wow, this was incredible? Um, yeah, I, I did a painting for, um, a lady that moved here from Detroit. She, uh, found me at the Summerlin Art Festival uh, a couple years ago. And, uh, she moved here because she loved hiking in the mountains, but she was missing her family as well. Mm-hmm. And I think she has maybe one aunt that lives out here too. And she commissioned me to do a large painting, like it was six foot by six foot, um, and it depicted family and togetherness. And whenever whenever I think of family, and and again, I use the process of asking her questions, what's important to you? I need to know all these things about you, and then I put the painting together, and she, and she just was, she couldn't believe it because it was all about family, and it felt like her family. It felt like something that she would share with her family as well. Wow. So, um, I I think that's probably one of my favorite pieces of work that I've done, and. Um, I felt very accomplished. <laughs> yeah, you saw the effect the effect that your work had on her. Yes. Right? Yes. She obviously uh, felt the emotion, she felt the connection and mm-hmm. you know, you you nailed it basically. Yeah, I think I did. Mm-hmm. I I really do. I mean, she was very very happy with it. Oh, and that's fantastic. Um, I was I was happy with it too. I mean, there's times where I'm not happy with commissions because it's you know if a if if a client kind of dictates every yes. it, it it they don't trust you enough you know and so there has to be that there has to be a fair amount of trust 
with the artist yeah. and they're hiring you for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So you mentioned um an art festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking before we started recording, and uh, you had mentioned that you know artists spend a lot of time going to festivals, art festivals. Um, obviously, uh, most of them have been canceled due to COVID, unfortunately, last year. But take us through how that works. So, if you, you know, do you need to be invited to a festival? Um, how, how does that whole process work for an artist? Um, well, for art festivals, because they're, now they're everywhere. I mean, they're just, before, years ago, there would be maybe a few here and there. But now it's become into a real business for promoters, art promoters, okay. and also for artists. Uh, and there's some, one. I mean, there's wonderful, wonderful artists out there that work so hard, not just doing their craft, but also... Um, preparing to do a show at an art festival usually majority of the time they're outdoors so you have to worry about weather and you know make sure you have the proper equipment for that and um, you it's you basically submit your work online and they have it's a it's a whole juried process where they'll have professional artists juring different artists but there's a lot of politics involved too so i I mean and that's really that's very sad yeah that there are politics involved because that's what makes the world go round well it 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 seems like where there's humans involved there's politics you know and no matter (laughs) whether it's music or art or whatever whatever thing there's the uh propensity towards Things like that. Yeah. Right? right. But so you, an artist basically has to be accepted into the festival. They have, yeah, they have to be juried into the festival. Okay. Um, and you have to, you know, put on your best face or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Uh, and show your professionalism as an artist and in order to be juried in. Got it. Um, they're... And there's literally thousands of artists out there applying for the same right. the same art show. And, of course, you want the better show. And there's shows for everybody. There's shows for uh, maybe people that do more craft. Okay. Um, there's, there's fine art. And there's, I would say, in the country, um, well, I, I mostly do like the Southwest, Arizona, mm-hmm. California, Utah. I've gone as far as Texas. Okay. But you have to uh, you have to pay your own way to get pay, there. You have to pay your yes. You have to. It, so it's not cheap. You right. have to have uh, my setup. Just my setup alone. My tent. Yeah. My booth. Yeah. My walls. Uh, all that. I probably have been close to four grand invested in that. Right. And you always have to take good care of it because yep. you know you don't want anything happening to it. Yep. Um, you have to have a vehicle to. Right. Carry all this stuff, right? You have to have muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Which lately I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a big um, commitment to go and do one of these. The hope is a that you'll sell some paintings. Yeah. Um, and obviously you're you'll you'll get exposure from you people ex- being yes, there. But yeah. Really, the hope is that you'll but, sell some. But I heard work. exposure does not pay the bills. That is very true. <laughs> 
So. The term, think of the exposure, is <laughs> yeah. thrown around a lot uh, yeah. in the creative yeah. industries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, okay. Uh, and how, how many would you go and do in a regular non-COVID year? Non-COVID year. Um, the most I think I would do is 10. Oh, well, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's brutal. <laughs> That's a lot, yeah. yeah. And because um, the I, festival will last how many days? Typically? They they usually typically last uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Sometimes they're two days, Saturday okay. and Sunday. But you already have you have to get there number one. Right. So uh, you, you have know, to have a place like, to stay. Yeah. Pardon me. You have to have a place to stay. <laughs> yes, you have to. Have, yes, yeah. You have to have a place to stay and. Uh, there's some that last five days. Okay. Some are some even incorporate music. Uh, sure. There was one. It's Kabu, K A A B O O. Okay. And big musical festival in Del Mar. Okay. And big names. You know, they had one year they had Aerosmith. They had. Um, okay. Big, you know, and. That was a lot of fun, but that was indoors, thank God. I was indoors, but the rest of the festival was outdoors, so they had dedicated a whole uh, building to art. It was at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Oh, great. So that was fun because it incorporated art, music, food, celebrity chefs. So you had some people that maybe were there, um, you know, that would that would find you that maybe wouldn't be there necessarily just for the art, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I got you know I was able to connect with a lot of uh, good people. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, that like that uh, collect my art. So awesome! Yeah, that's um, how I, music and art go together. What's the strangest commission you've ever had? I did a commission. Uh, a young guy married, had a couple children. Uh, he loved. Uh, Eddie Van Halen. Mm. I mean, he was obsessed with them. Okay. He sent me on my phone. My phone blew up with pictures of Eddie Van Halen and his guitar. I had no idea what this guitar was about until I was introduced to him. I mean, I knew who Eddie Van Halen was. Was it was music? Was a red and white guitar? Yes. Was yeah. it music that I listened to? Mm, Got it. Yeah. I wasn't like I played it on my, uh, sure. you know. Podcast or not podcast? Um, you didn't listen to Van Halen yeah. before you sat down to do a painting. Yes, no, <laughs> no, did not. He wanted, uh, he wanted a photo, a, a painting of his wife and him, and the guitar. Okay. So I thought, how am I? I wow. don't know how to do this. And he wanted it to be loving and this and that, but he wanted this guitar. The guitar had to be in it. Wow. Then he wanted his children in it, and that was when I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm going to put these kids in in this painting. <laughs> so I came up with an idea where the body of the man was the guitar. The neck of the guitar was his neck, hmm. and then his head. And he wanted the painting to kind of look like. Him and his wife. Okay. So I had he had he was an Italian guy and he had dark hair. So I made the guy you know look kind of like him. The wife had bl- blonde hair. Made the woman look and she was normal. She had like on the blue dress, and uh, so he was at the actual guitar. Okay. And then she was, she was uh, you know normal, and then the children. Um, I put, to a necklace on her with. 
the children's initials in it. Nice. And one was, I think, a heart, and the other one was the diamond. So he he drove me crazy. He did? Oh, yeah. He drove me crazy. I mean, he's, he's I love him to death, but he drove me crazy. But did he love the painting? He absolutely loved it. I he bet. says, I am so glad I listened to you, and I didn't go. I'm glad you didn't listen to me. <laughs> That's great. So, so you took you you took his information, but you also went by your instinct. Like yes. I'm going to use my instinct and creativity and put this together in in the way that I think it should be. Right, right. And, and it ended up working out great. Yeah, and and the weird thing too, to sh- just to show you how sometimes people can be intuitive about things, was um, I gave him a pick. In his hand, okay, you know the guitar pick, yep. and I made it purple, which I, you know, I didn't know anything about this purple. Okay. And he says, "Oh my God, I use a purple pick, and so does Van Halen." That's amazing. Eddie, Eddie Van, I from one, and you had no idea. I had no idea. Wow, no idea. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay, I, one final question for you. Um, Aspiring young artists, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give someone who wants a career as an artist? Uh, Number one, always be sure of yourself and don't second guess yourself. Uh, Don't let people intimidate you. Uh, have, Have, when you present your work, you have to show you love your work. You love your work and you're proud of your work because the person looking at it isn't going to get that if you don't have that. So I, I firmly believe in that. I, I I think that's with anything. With walking across the room, you know, if you if you walk across the room and you have confidence, it's gonna show. You know, if you don't, you're gonna, you know, no one's going to take you seriously. So. That's great advice. Yes, and I, I think just practicing your craft every day and experimenting and not be afraid to go out of your comfort zone, um, that would be a key also is to push yourself. Don't go out of your comfort zone. Um, I mean, go out of your comfort zone, I mean. Right. yes. And keep taking chances, you know. Life is a chance. I love that. That's great. Uh, where can people find you? Well, right now, I am in a gallery called Helios Fine Art Gallery, uh, or Gallery of Fine Art. And it's in downtown Las Vegas in okay. the Arts District, um, Charleston and Main Street. And the building is itself is called Art Square. And there's a lot of fun things going on in there right now, and the whole... Arts District area. Yeah. And I wish more people would venture out other mm-hmm. than just First Friday. Right. And actually, today is First Friday. It is First Friday yeah. as we record this. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. So I'm having a soft opening for the new gallery is tonight. Oh, great. And um, hopefully people will come out and see some wonderful art. And there's that's great. new new artists coming in all the time. And your website is? Uh, Nikki, N-I-K-I-J. Sands, S-A-N-D-S, dot com. Okay. And there's, uh, check out her work and uh, people go and browse her website. Her paintings are incredible. 
And um, Nikki, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. And um, I always love to hear about how creative people get get their start and, and their process. Thanks for, thanks for talking with me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Chic Compass Connection podcast. To learn more about Chic Compass magazine, visit chiccompass.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Thanks again to The Vegas Room for hosting us. Visit thevegasroom.com to find out more about this great supper club. This is Jamie Hosmer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>